Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. And welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League podcast. I know it's a little different today. You're like, who is this guy? Well, I'll have you know, I am Cursor, joined to me, uh, joined by Ty Swoogles and none other than Doctor Prof Isaac. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Good. Oh yeah, we're killing it. <laughs> so excited. Today. Excellent, excellent. We like to hear it. So today we have a really big show ahead of us, and we kind of wanted to break down for you guys there at home or on the job, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Uh, sort of the new format coming to you in RLCS this year, uh, which also they're not calling it 11 or they're just kind of doing away with the numbers. Like it's kind of weird. They're like mainstreaming it. Um, but we have a lot of details to go over today, some spicy takes as well as uh, dates for events and possibly some rule changes, it looks like. So we're going to go ahead and start off with the. Da-da. expanding of the RLCS, which I think is probably the big one we were all waiting for, right? We had uh, Asia Pacific North, APAC-N, and A- Asia Pacific South, APAC-S, as well as the Middle East, finally, and North Africa uh, joining the scene. Guys, thoughts thoughts on this? This is There's a lot of players coming into the scene now. Yeah, I love it. Love to see the new regions coming in. It's, um, what, I guess it's three seasons on now from uh, when South America was introduced, so felt like it was it really felt like it was time for uh, some new regions and i don't think anyone was really expecting to get four new regions in one season which is uh, a pretty big surprise um with uh north pacific asia south pacific asia and then the middle east and north africa region and then the also wildcard region for worlds with the sub-saharan africa which was very cool definitely was not expecting that but I'm definitely looking looking forward to seeing all the new players, um, especially compete on the world stage. We've seen them compete in uh, some smaller stuff kind of online with uh, big ping disadvantages, people say. And um, I don't know, just seeing them on the on the world stage coming up, it'll be very, very interesting. I think it'll be amazing for these teams just because for anyone that's ever made it to, you know, top tier of an esport, um, getting that recognition by the esport itself is so big. And to finally just have that kind of recognition that they've been, you know, looking for through the different owners, um, like of Sandrock Gaming or um, different casters like Johnny Boy, they've just been putting a lot of work in to try and get these regions to get um just recognized honestly and to have that recognition is going to be huge and then yeah to then be able to um where it's like we finally get to see these teams compete without 130 ping like are you kidding me it's going to be great so i'm just excited for all of them um to, to be determined and seen if we uh you know actually see them really really put the uh you know the fear into the other teams um, I know during the Intel World Open, I kind of expected Sandrock Gaming to do a little bit more, even though they still had that ping disadvantage. But um, yeah, I'm just excited for them as as people. Honestly, I think that's going to be an amazing uh, thing to watch. Excellent, excellent. So I don't. I I personally have some favorites going into this, but uh, I'm 
I'm a little confused. There's a there's a there's like this this region here, the sub-Saharan African region mm-hmm. that apparently is big enough to warrant them being like, "Hey, we're including you." But I know nothing about any players from there. Are you guys familiar with anyone from the sub-Saharan African region at all? Um, I think there's a guy named Snowy who is South African. I could be wrong, but um, off the top of my head, he's the only person that I know of from the region. Yeah. Also, no, not really anyone that comes to the top of my head. I know that South Africa does have some people that are kind of vocal on Twitter, but not able to recall them off the top of my head either. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams you really see competing in that wild card event. Right. Like we could we could see com- some complete underdogs just show up and just start dismantling teams, kind of like how the peeps came in with Reddles, Gyro and Mist. Um, I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm not I don't know. I wouldn't say that I have faith not to not to put them down or, or you know, snub them before they even, you know, are given a shot. But it just I don't know. You feel like we would have maybe heard something about it by now. But apparently Psionix believes in them. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, but it looks like they've also made some pretty big changes to the format as well, which I'm sure we have plenty to talk about with this. Now, the season is divided again into splits being the fall, winter, and spring splits leading up to the Rocket League World Championship, which, as we've been told, is going to be LAN event. Yes! So we get to see some truly, truly stellar gameplay where players will not be dealing with uh, connectivity issues and things of that nature. So... Um, Unfortunately, no fans will be present. We're kind of hoping that changes, but, you know, I digress. So, I think, what is this? Every regional and major team in the split, or every regional and every major will have 16 teams. So, yep. we're going to be seeing, oh my gosh, we're going to see best of series, double eliminations. I mean, this is this is huge. Huge. It's absolutely huge. This is massive. It looks like North America, let's see, 16 teams will qualify for the World Championship. That's three seeds from North America, three seeds from Europe, two seeds from Middle East, North Africa, two seeds from Oceania, two seeds from South America, two seeds from Sub-Saharan Africa, and one seed from both sides of the Asia-Pacific. So, top eight teams, World Championship qualify for a wild card. I mean, do we have any, do we have any potential favorites from either of you about who you think is going to take those seeds? Early on, hot takes. Oh, man. I think I think the first thing that's interesting is that, like, for the Worlds event that you can um, kind of eat different, uh, like, seeds up if your team is doing well at, like, the different majors and whatnot. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how the seeds break down for the World Championship main event at the very, very end of it. Um, but in terms of teams going, oh, man so many so many shakeups uh within it will be interesting to see how so many of these pan out yeah um oh man teams hot takes for teams that are gonna go for worlds um man <laughs> that's so far so far off but i'll give you a one name um and that's exit exit are going i have nice. no doubt no doubt no doubt xx going huh i think I think I really want to see my boys in the red and black there. I really want to see G2 there. And I definitely want to see this. This uh, I'm torn. Like, I, I really, really want to see Dig there. I really do. 
I, Same. I really want to see. I really want to see Scrub Killer reformed and this team of just absolutely stellar players just climb back up to to the top with an organization that can do it and can support them. Um, but you know, I, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a little out there. It's a little way off base here. So before we go into any more hot takes, let's go ahead and talk about uh, some uh, some roster changes here. Let's talk about what happened with this roster madness. Um, Ty, do you have uh, anything to say on the, <laughs> the craziness that was the team swapping that, that was happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, where do you start, really? Like, there's a, a lot of big shakeups. Um, let's try just let's, at, let's start North America. Yeah, North America, <laughs> for sure. So you really kind of go from the top down, I guess. Um, you got your, your top three teams, Energy, Space Station, Envy, they all stayed the same, right? Um, and then G2, I guess, as well, stay the same with Drees. But then you come to Rogue and FaZe, and they did a straight swap. First killer for Gyro. Um, that's a obviously a, a very huge pickup for FaZe. First killer is like you know touted as like top three in the world. So a lot of people consider him the best player in the world. Um, and uh, for Rogue getting Gyro, feel feels like a pretty big downgrade. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I don't I don't really see that team making it very far in a lot of tournaments. I think they'll probably sit around like top ten NA maybe. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just feels rough for rogue and and happy for phase <laughs> definitely i think i think it'll be interesting to see if gyro can facilitate more uh to like really make taroko and turinturo you know come out of like what felt like a little bit um almost like a little bit of shackles you know like uh, taroko a little bit more shackled to the goal in the midfield turinturo um kind of left as like a point guard on the offense to make up you know, make openings for first. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if those two can really find like a more fluid groove with gyro and more expanded roles because of it. I think my biggest concern is that I expected those two to be making a lot of just waves during the off season. Um, you know, just with, comments coming from like you know these two are holding back first killer and stuff like that um i expected them to be putting the grind in and i don't know if i've really seen that and then their uh results and tournaments have been suboptimal as well so um obviously just off-season tournaments so a lot to be um written off but yeah i i think phase is definitely winning um this trade um i think the the losers of this trade are potentially illusion because dapper has come in and made phase look really good during this we play invitational um and we haven't had enough time with illusion to see if he you know would be better or worse than what dapper's been looking like but um yeah the memes of like illusion's gonna have a hard time finding boost on the field and stuff like that are hilarious as well so <laughs> we'll see how illusion does in this setup where he's just got two absolute stunners but um, I, I mean, I certainly wish them the best, but I think there will be some significant growing pains for them, probably even more than Rogue. Yeah, definitely agree. Fair, fair. Okay. Well, speaking of off-season tournaments, right, we were kind of shocked, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was a community tournament hosted by Rizzo where they were pulling in some teams playing on NA servers, mm. and we kind of saw, sort of to bridge the gap to the next region, we kind of saw a team who recently 
made the move from their home country to start playing in America, referring to True Neutral here, absolutely sweep this new first killer team. Thoughts on this, Ty? Um, yeah. Um, well, it's called the Scrim Scuffle for a reason, right? So just <laughs> just scrims, just a show match. It doesn't mean too much. It doesn't mean too much. Um, but I, I don't know. True Neutral look good. They've been grinding all offseason since they moved here, right? They're playing in basically every tournament. I know some days they've been playing in two tournaments at the same time. So they they want it. They are giving it um, everything they've got, right? They're, they they got to make the most of their opportunity. Um, I think they're looking pretty good. Um, they had uh, a pretty good run in the, what was it, I guess, Wave Dash, Dazrin's tournament, I think. They got uh, top four. They took down NRG. Um, and then they lost a couple close series to Envy. Um, mm. So I don't know. They look pretty good definitely pretty good um i'm excited that they stuck together and obviously their org made a huge move for them to move them out to mexico so they can play in north america and um i think a lot of people when they first got here weren't expecting them to be quite fighting for those world spots but so far from what they've shown in the off season i think they've definitely got a shot at uh, making it to worlds and they are they're only going to get better over the season so it's super exciting and I think they definitely have like a leg up on any of the teams that have made roster moves as well. Um, that's just like, that's a, that's an org that has, um, you know, been supportive of not just the players, but these three players specifically. Um, so no roster change for them, really just a, a move up. And when you think of just all the roster changes that happen in North America, I think that leaves a lot of chinks in armors that uh may have been kind of considered impervious before um and i mean they're playing really really well but they're also just playing a lot and so i think that's really helping them um they're playing you know bubble teams and uh tournaments that you know they come in as the heavy favorites they're playing against people that are really good um you know in these rizzo examples and i'm sure their scrim schedule looks pretty good as well um so yeah it's i think it's definitely going to be something where they jump out to potentially an early points lead because of just how you know meshed they are um but it will be interesting to see if other teams start kind of hunting them down as the season progresses as the names that we kind of expect to be at the top uh start getting used to the teams that they're with um and then the other thing i was going to say was this leaves a massive power void in south america mm-hmm. so um right. if furia does not take over that region um i think that there could be some lost uh world spots um i definitely expect furia to be doing a lot of damage when it comes to um, lands or at least repping for south america really well um if they're getting tripped up within their own region and then not performing and the teams that are tripping them up don't perform as well i think we could see south america lose some pretty significant world spots i think that's the the region that i'm looking at the most saying like you guys are gonna be fighting so yep do you think it might be the same for uh, for possibly OCA at all? This is, like they kind of I don't know. There was from what I heard, there was just a couple small power moves here and there, but they also seem to be sort of not a new region whatsoever, but kind of haven't really solidified themselves as sort of a powerhouse region yet. Um, and really, with only so many players of note that you can name offhand, uh, Siki being one, um, I, I just. 
I don't know. I'm with you. I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous to see just how like even though we've opened up the floodgates essentially and like all these players are coming in from Japan, the Middle East, like South Africa now, we still have these existing regions that I I don't know. I wasn't exactly wowed by them this season. To be fair, I didn't pay as mm. much attention to them as North America, Europe. Um but I think that was probably part of the reason is we just kind of see a lot of these these games where we're expecting uh I think that North American European rivalry sort of level of play and it's just not quite there yet but uh OCE looking pretty strong here this year as well I think uh I think who was it there was a new org that popped up if I'm not mistaken uh, there's quite a few orgs down there. I think the two biggest ones are going to continue to be Ground Zero and Renegades. Um, so Torsas' team and then CJCJ's team. Um, right. Cringe Society has been doing well. Um, and there's been other teams that have you know, been throwing some curveballs in there from time to time. But um, I think if we see, again, same story with Furia down there. Like If we see any kind of mix-ups happening between ground zero and renegades, then I will definitely start to worry that they're going to lose out on seeds within worlds. So those two teams really need to perform at lands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another point for OCE is um, over the off season, we had drip a retire, which is kind of a, a big blow for cringe society mm -hmm. who were um, by the end, the second best in OCE, they were fighting ground zero for that championship um and losing a, a player like Drippe is pretty rough for the region obviously um and from what i can tell it's it's kind of started uh a, a kind of a big roster shuffle itself apart from ground zero and uh renegades who've kept the same rosters going into next season so it's um you lose a player like Drippe and you've kind of got a, a decent void to fill and i don't think they have any roster solidified yet so we'll have to keep an eye out and, and see where the second tier of OCE teams end up. Right on, right on. So that really kind of leaves us with the only other powerhouse region. I mean, we can definitely speak to some of these uh, these newer regions showing up, players we think that are going to show up, orgs that might show up. But uh, there was a lot of a lot of online drama going on with the the European region. Um, I just kind of to start things off, I. I I, there's a lot of controversy right now around Violent Panda and Verge leaving Dig. Uh, do, you, do you guys have any insight on that? Any any, any takes? Any uh, thoughts? Um, any takes or any thoughts? Um, I think Panda leaving Dig is kind of a good move for him. Um, he's been in the same spot for a very very long time. He's done well to you know build up multiple multiple teams under Dig that have been very very strong and and reached championship level a lot of the time um but i think uh, a change of scenery for him and and obviously sticking with verge going over to his new team um i think it'll be a good uh reinvigoration for his career um looking forward to seeing how he can f facilitate tho and oli um but uh, on the dig side of it i think the way that they're going about it, I think Jack had mentioned that they've got a sports psychologist rather than a coach or, or just haven't found a coach yet or something. But mm -hmm. I think focusing on the mentality and um, just trying to build together a new legacy for Dig will be very interesting to watch this season. And they've obviously, during this We Play Invitational this weekend, they've uh, shown that they have loads of potential. So I'm really looking forward to see how they do as well. Yeah, um, 
totally agree with all your points on uh, Flying Dutchman. I think it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, I think language being one of the biggest things is going to be nice for Flying Dutchman. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when it comes to Dignitas, honestly, I think that the moves that they have made have been some of the most impressive. Um, Jack has talked about it at length in some podcasts that he's done. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he really has faith in their ability to just come together as individual players. And um, obviously being like the, uh, the mental performance person um, at my org and us not having a coach Dignitas and uh, what we're doing at KCP is actually incredibly similar. Um, and I think that there's something to be said, obviously I'm biased, but there's something to be said about letting the players kind of come into their own, say what they're feeling and then developing an approach together, as opposed to bringing in someone with all these thoughts and opinions, that's kind of trying to make it work as it's happening. Um, so I think that Dignitas will be really well rewarded for just all the things that they're doing. Um, this off season and we're seeing that come through uh they had a really good we play um invitational uh their scrims have been looking good and i think scrub is uh really being um just just like catered to but not in a way that takes away from jack or joria's so um right. i think that they're coming together really well and I absolutely expect them to be um, making a world championship appearance. I, I think that their floor is going to be pretty, uh, pretty far down there just with all them, all of them being like ones players. But I think their ceiling is just astronomically high, like, like BDS level high. Um, so I think that they could be one of the most dangerous teams in the world come world championship. hundred percent. Totally agree with you there. I think, I think we were talking about it several episodes back too, um, just how quickly and sort of almost overnight the one scene sort of just matriculated into threes, all these stellar ones players coming in, really showing people that, you know, you should be playing more once. You want to be an effective teammate and you can, you'll have, you'll have time to learn rotations and team tactics, but like you really need to focus on being the best player you can be first to even make it to that top level, right? We've seen... People like Drawley, the young goat, uh, who I believe you're working closely with now, Prof, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you are correct. Like they're they're coming in here, they're just putting in the hours in in, in ones. They're learning these mechs. They're learning uh, risk over reward, and and it's really it's really paying off for them. A hundred percent couldn't agree more. Looking at teams like Dig, thinking that uh, that honestly, this is where the meta is shifting to. We're kind of we're kind of watching players that don't play ones kind of sort of having subpar performances and matches when it comes down to plays like driving the ball out of their half into the into the opposing half right they're they're not really losing those 50s or kind of just pushing the ball away they're they're doing it with purpose and they're doing it well they're just not not getting stopped going down the field i think in my opinion anyways um yeah, just more of a possession game than it used to be. Um, and I still think that there are going to be teams with a bunch of threes players um, like your SSGs and NVs um, and some of the other teams, um, Vitality being a good example as well, that are going to do great because they are a unit, a like cohesive unit that knows how to play team defense, team offense, and make those transitions. But for any team that's kind of, you know, just starting to make headway, um, you see teams like BDS, uh, they rely on 
uh, Cracked Ones player in Monkey Moon. Um, you see teams like, I mean, the, the teams that are coming um, up and like really shocking a lot of people. Um, and Dignitas being a great example of that, of just ones players really being able to hold possession, making things difficult for people. And I think that we'll see a really interesting mix of those as the season progresses. Excellent, excellent. Well, then let's go ahead and uh, kind of shift on over to Asia, North Pacific, and Asia, South Pacific. I, I really only know so many players uh, from that particular region, a little bit biased because uh, my personal favorite being realized playing on uh, Tokyo Verde Esports. Um, but one of the, in my opinion, one of the best freestylers I've ever seen, just do, doing things that not many players can do. Um, I'm really, really curious to see what happens with this region. There, there are so many new players coming up. They, we're seeing um, high school leagues and bubble teams starting to show up in these regions, starting to sort of make noise on social media and and letting everyone know we're here. And now that our region's open, we're we're coming for your title. Um, it's, it, I think it's really healthy for the scene here. But I also am kind of curious as to what level of transparency we're going to get from these regions in terms of um roster changes uh teams moving like like true neutral did if that's the case or if maybe even potentially we see some of their players pull a turbo and just move to a more dominant region right or are they going to on the flip side of that coin stay in their region and sort of kind of build the foundation for what could be the next powerhouse region you know um any thoughts on this guys at all any personal favorites um, I don't personally have um, like any personal favorites. Obviously, Realize is an insane player. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Asian scene at the moment. I'm obviously looking to get more into that as the season starts. Um, but I just wanted to touch on your sort of point about whether they should um, stick to the region and sort of build it up. And I, I think I would like to see that at least for um, a couple of seasons. I just want to see with the support from Psyonix now how they can build um, their region up and get that depth and um sort of improve the region as a whole because i think now if at this point your best players left and moved to a bigger region i think like it would stagnate your region for such a long time that it would really really hurt you internationally and just in regionally dependent as well on how good teams sort of pull the weaker players up, right? Because you've got this goalpost that you're chasing. If you take that away, sort of similar to how Sam might be this season, mm. it can extremely hurt this uh, the uh, region. And I just I I want to see them build up their their depth of skill and, and get some good competitive teams before we create a power vacuum. Yeah, and I think that also it hurts Psionics too. They put so much work into this format and. Um, I think we should cover the format more in depth for sure. But um, I mean, they put so much work into this format and figuring out exactly what it's going to look like. So if we do have players leaving to um, get into better and more competitive regions, I think that psionics then uh, is shot in the foot as much as anybody. Um, it's not cheap to open up new servers. It's not cheap to go through an entire um, format overhaul. Like that's time and money um, being spent. But yeah, I really think that if they do stick within their own regions that we could start seeing some things like what happens in the Middle East where 
new metas developed that we didn't even know were possible um, or didn't even think of being as like something that's, you know, capable and legitimate to be used in a high competitive game. Um, so I would love to see what that looks like from them. Um, and we'll, we'll see if that type of stuff happens with Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, um, you know, if Middle East and North Africa teams will kind of all adopt the Sandrat gaming, like go fast, go hard, be an insane ones player and it'll work out kind of approach, or if they develop, you know, their own little mix of things too. So um, I definitely want players to stay within their regions, if if not to just kind of contribute to the game and the competitive integrity overall, but also um, to really maybe develop something new that other regions can be like, you know, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that would be would be great. Um, I think my biggest concern is just they, they talk about, you know, 16 teams being every region um, splitting up Asia into north and south. Um, I, you gotta think there's not 32 teams within Asia right now that are like competing at the highest, highest level, but mm -hmm. maybe I'm completely off on that. Uh, we'll see how that breakdown goes. And, um, I'm, I'm curious to know more. And like Ty said, just pay attention to the region and start to have some names that I pay attention to, um, just like I've done with the other regions. So, uh, we'll see. I think that's where I'm at as well, too. Like, I only know so many of these players, so many of these players from each of these new regions, right? Like, if if we're to move on over to the Middle East, I really only know Sandrock Gaming, honestly. Do you? Are you guys? I know maybe what was it? Falcons is another team that's coming up, but I, I couldn't really tell you any of the players on them. I, there's only been so much exposure for these players and for these teams, and and having these regions come out is just going to give them that much more. Uh, kind of get us uh, or give us the opportunity to get to know them better and see what they're all about. Um, and show us that maybe they, they can build up a region instead of just uh, hot swapping, essentially, and sort of all the good players wanting to flock to where the strongest competition is so that they themselves can continue to improve. Um, but I don't know. Have, have you guys heard anything about the Middle East? I mean, I'm happy they're here. We've been talking about it for a better part of two years now. I, I'm really glad they're here, but uh, I'm really not sure all too much what they're about. Yeah, I think... Um, I know of a couple teams in Middle East. Obviously, there's Sandrock, the big one. Um, but then uh, there's Falcons, like you mentioned. Um, I think Falcons Esports have two teams, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, okay. And then I, I'm not sure if uh, these teams exist anymore. But in the past, there was the Momentum Shifters and a team called Empty, I believe. Um, so there's mm. a couple... A couple of decently competitive teams that have taken series off of Sandrock and stuff. So I don't think I'll have uh, quite the same concerns for the Middle East as Asia, as they've had um, uh, decently more support with uh, big tournaments sponsored by Sionics and the APL. Um, right. They've had access through Incivic with uh, Johnny Boy and, and a lot of EU tournaments and EU bubble tournaments they can play in as well. Um, so I think Middle East has a, has a decent basis for where they're going to start at and they have um a good number of competitive teams off the bat i think yeah i'm the parody in the middle east isn't like great i mean sandrock is kind of like if you watch the nba kind of like the brooklyn nets where it's like they have kevin durant kyrie irving james harden like all these like people that you're <laughs> like wait they're all on the same team like how do they pay for that um so yeah, Sandrak with um, Ahmad Akhaled, and then the big switch uh, is TRK, who um, left, I believe, the Ultimates, um, who gave Sandrak Gaming um, a little bit of trouble. I could be wrong on that, but um, so TRK is really good as well. 
Um, but then each of the teams kind of has like one go-to guy that I know of. So um, you've got Rawas with Anka. Um, you've got AMS with the ultimate still. And then probably the biggest name not on Sandrock Gaming right now is Fahad, um, mm. who's on Falcons. So um, there's definitely like teams that can be a threat to Sandrock gaming. Um, and then we'll see, you know, what North African teams come out of the um, format change as well. But uh, Sandrock gaming will be that team that people are going to look to, to like say like, Hey, you know, your owner um, and your players like Senzo have been the biggest complainers with the ping. Um, rightfully so to be For totally sure. honest, but um, you know, once ping is taken out of the equation with a land, like, you better step up and perform because the teams within your region are going to be looking to you to fight and hold and keep those, um, those world spots. Definitely for sure. Uh, and now that we kind of have a, a, a rough idea of sort of where the, uh, the powerhouses lie, um, who's going to be potentially competing in, uh, let's go ahead and break down the format a little bit more. So we have actually quite a lot to go over here with seating, with, 16 teams with all these events happening just like last year we're gonna have these three splits again looks like they're staggering the na to eu bit uh don't really have don't really have uh okay let's see so regional one takes place it's ever okay they just didn't okay in their announcement they didn't put it up in their graphic but na mina which is now the middle east north african region oce APAC South being Asia Pacific. Um, they're all taking place, the first one between the 15th to the 17th, and then in October. And then the 22nd through the 24th, it looks like EU SAM and APAC North are going to be having their regional. I'm not really, not really sure that it's going to allow for too, too much in-season sort of not RLCS related tournaments. It looks like it looks like their uh, time card's pretty full here, honestly. Yeah, so I should say too that the qualifiers, like open qualifiers for teams that are bubble teams, and you know uh, any any teams that are kind of like coming together as um, you know just a bunch of free agents, um, they will have a chance to make it to those regionals on the weekend of, I believe. October 9th through the 12th. So I think there's going to be like 48 teams or something like that within those. I'm not sure exactly um, right. how that will be working. I don't know if they're going Swiss format for that or, or what, but um, there, that should be a four day tournament if I'm not mistaken. Um, I only know a little bit about that just because, you know, I'm in some of those org comms, but uh KCP having the points from Mectos and Freshness uh, being transferred over to us. I think we actually qualify for the 16-team Swiss format right out the gate. Um, so I don't know as much about that. But um, yeah, that I think that will be kind of it in terms of tournaments that take place that aren't listed on these weekends are the, kind of the open qualifiers. But other than that, no, it's a full slate for sure. It's absolutely a full slate. And I think that'll be good for 
psionics and you know rlcs and also with kind of the splits between the regions i think each region is going to get a little bit of a nice break where um they are competing a lot but it's not as dense as it was last year um and hopefully we can avoid avoid things like burnout that a lot of players like justin were um stating at the end of the year mm -hmm. for sure for sure uh it looks like they're gonna stick to the same rule set with that as well we're gonna 15 years or older if you want to uh, compete, definitely with parental consent, right? Because um, there's there's quite a bit of money involved in the uh, <laughs> in the circuit this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think they said a total prize pool of $6 million. $6 million. yep. That's, that's, that's big smackers right there. That's a lot of money, man. That's We're finally seeing like the, the finalization of the epic takeover of, uh, of Psionics here. Like the money is like, it's there, man. It's, it's fueling this, this huge change and all these servers coming up. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of excited and relieved that they took the grid out. It's not that I disliked any of the grid streams or what it represented or that they even kind of sort of tried to open it up to us casual players in a sense. Um, but that that kind of institution was already there when we had rival series, right? We had players who were playing six mans and doing local events and putting themselves out there, getting exposed, uh, you know, networking, talking to the right people and, and getting involved. And now we're seeing that sort of brought back with the cancellation of the grid. They're sort of just just blowing it wide open. And, you know, if you're going to compete and you're going to go for that title, there's a multiple, multiple different ways you can go at it now. Different angles you can come up, you can approach this where uh, I would argue a lot of the CRL teams, which for our viewers across the pond, uh, not in North America, uh, CRL is the collegiate league here in North America, which is pretty prominent actually it's where we find a lot of the, the young talent that kind of comes up um and has sort of made their main stay uh on the big stage here with um such players as like you know rolled is right coming up fresh out of college he was a, a collegiate all-star um and then went pro player then went coach and went back to pro player i mean that's kind of the that's kind of the path they're they're hinting at here like if you if you want it like it's still here and you know, we took note of that the grid kind of took away from that. Um, but it also is them kind of cutting their losses, I guess, seeing that they probably put more into it that they got out of it, right? Like, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think um, I think you kind of touched on it, but I think how they went about the grid maybe wasn't the best idea. It ended up being a lot of Rocket League for the teams. They... Uh, obviously contributed to some major burnout for a lot of people by the end. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously it was implemented as a way to get the orgs involved with the broadcast and what they've done now instead, since they've removed the grid is they've opened up the first day, I believe of all the regionals to be streamed by the orgs. So I think that's going to be very interesting. I think they did a bit of that in the spring split of last season, if I remember correctly, um, and so you're going to get the personality and it'll be also a good way for a lot of upcoming, uh, casting talent to kind of get their shot at the RLCS with all the different org streams again. So we lose the grid, but we get more actual RLCS regional event casting and, uh, org involvement, which I think is a good thing overall. 
I totally agree. I think that the way that the grid was set up kind of made the powerful more powerful. Um, like it just gave even more to the orgs that already had the most. And this new format, just again, just increasing parity is kind of like the theme of the season where it's like, we really want to give everybody a shot. Um, so not just the teams through making open qualifiers or, um, you know, just the, the different orgs having, you know, esports shops, stuff like that. Like, no, 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 we're, we're getting casters in here and involved as well. Um, and allowing, you know, if you've got a person on your team that is a content creator as well, that wants to stream and get some views, maybe some followers, stuff like that. Um, what a perfect way to do it by giving the power to the players and the orgs to decide how they want to pursue. So um, I'm sure we'll get more info uh, in the coming days. We've still got um, a month before that first regional and like three weeks before the open qualifiers. But um, I think I think it's a really, really great thing that they're doing. They're, they're essentially raising everybody up as opposed to just the strongest. So I, I love it. Really like to see the uh, the backing too. Them saying uh, all these open quals leading up to these events, um, or rather, starting off the events are uh, being hosted by Smash.gg. You, you love to see it. I, I love their uh, I love their their tournament format and how easy it is to sort of just uh, use and implement. You know, score tracking and and you know player tickets for game issues and such. Uh, having done it myself in the past when I was an admin for um, uh, like charity events and such, uh, coming out of Boston, you know, raising, uh, raising money for like terminal, ter excuse me, terminally ill children, things like that, uh, kind of giving back to the community. It's, it's really nice. It's really nice to see that they're kind of being a bit more transparent with this, opening this up or uh, like allowing all of this in. Um, it just, it just, just leaves you with a good feeling in your, in your, in your chest, you know? Um, but it would appear that the, uh, points and the seating is going to work very, very differently this time around. Uh, any any info on that, guys? Uh, are we talking for the world championship or what point specifically? So, so let's start with just the beginning of the season leading up to the world championship. In terms of, so it looks like fall split, if I'm reading this correctly, is only how many points can you get for a dub here? Not even. Let's see. It's okay, so it is gonna be Swiss format and it feeds into eight team single elimination bracket. Uh winter split. They're gonna battle through group stage with four groups, which will then seed them into double elim. And then the spring split uh is gonna be the double elimination format again, with the world championship getting a big, 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 big change as well. Uh looks like it's gonna have Two main stages, uh, new world championship wild card, which we were touching on a bit earlier, and then the main stage event. Right, so eight teams will auto qualify to the main event, and regions that perform best are rewarded with auto qualification spots, which is kind of nice. Um, just kind of going back on what Prof was saying earlier, kind of really focusing on not um, not burning out these these players' mental before they even get to the the big show. You know, it's it's. It's, I think that's paramount right now. I think we loved the amount of content we saw last year, but just 
this being a, a thing where we can still see these best of sets, these double elims, and see these these close games, these best of sevens, these best of fives, uh, overtimes especially. Um, it's 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 the Rocket League we want to see. It's the Rocket League we like to see. Um, let's see here. The main event is also going to feature four double elimination groups that feed into, okay, there we go, high-stakes single elim bracket. So it looks like at the very end, it's just straight elim. You either make it or you don't. You know, winners take home the trophy, losers go home. Uh, so There's actually also a point structure um, indicator. So first place will be getting... 401 points if you win the region uh second gets 350 third gets 300 so i like seeing that because it means that we get to see that fourth that third place uh you know play the the second place or that third place play the fourth place um kind of like as a final in and of itself mm -hmm. um so really seeing the tournament through and out um and then uh fifth and sixth get 210 anyway like it kind of goes down from there and then anybody that was 13th or lower will get 80 points so that's kind of like the points at the regionals and then you basically just double all of those for uh when you win a major um i think we'll see they don't have like any point minimum or cap in terms of reaching the world championships it sounds like it'll really just be like you know you whoever has the most points gets in Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that the way that they're doing it with, you know, NA and EU specifically with these open qualifiers ahead of every single regional. Um, so if you, if you look, actually they have open qualifiers for everyone now that I'm seeing it. Um, so if you look down in the rule book, you'll see that has open qualifiers for a couple days and then it gets to the main event for each regional. And with how they're doing it, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be really, really good to see a lot more parity come in. Um, those open qualifiers are where we're going to see teams full of free agents or stuff like that um, really come through and see if they can make a splash. I mean, shoot, maybe get an org by the end of it too. So, um, yeah, I think I think how the points work is going to be great, and I definitely love the. Uh, Swiss style format. I think it's a great way to get teams exposed to other teams without it, you know, flirting with burnout. Um, and I'm excited mm -hmm. to see the group stage format, kind of like the World Cup, um, but feeding into a double elimination like what we're used to in RLCS. I think it's going to be, I, I don't know. I just think how they did this is going to be so much fun. For sure. For sure. I mean, do we think that even though the point structure is a little different this time around, that we might still see teams sort of um, tactically playing through these events, kind of like they did last season, where we look at, we'll use uh, BDS as, as the probably the most prime example for this, where they were almost two and a half times the points of the second place team for almost the whole season and didn't really need to care about events because they, they were already solidified for going to Worlds. Uh, <laughs> I think if you're that good, and you're dominating your region that much, then if you don't have to put in maximum effort by the end of it, you've earned it. <laughs> I don't really think that's an issue. Yeah, and I, I don't know if there's as much, you know, with like arena shooters where it's like, oh, we don't want to show all of our cards. Like, I, I think with Rocket League, it's so much more of just like a an open psychological battle that if I can just make you fear me, 
more and more and more. And by the time we get to a regional um, or worlds that you're like scared to death of me because I've beaten you just senselessly over and over again. <laughs> like that's, that's definitely what I would go for. Oh, yeah. um, and not to say that my opinion is worth something more, but like as someone who thinks about the mental side of this game, it's definitely what I'm going to be pushing us to do at KCP is just like absolutely putting your best on the field every time and making it so that when, you know, the, the kind of bubble edge teams that are really looking to get into some uh, high points in the regionals face us, they start getting in their own heads. So um, yeah, I think it's pedal to the metal for everyone, or at least it should be for everyone as soon as, as soon as the word go comes out. Right on, right on. Uh, I think, let's see here. This is, so it's a different, it almost looks like it's a different point structure per split. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm reading that correctly in the rule book, it looks like it's, looks like you, you have a higher ceiling in the winter split after the fall split. So it looks like the fall split total amount of points being distributed is going to be a little over 4,000 points for majors and a little over 2,000 points for regionals, um, the events leading up to the major event. Uh, and then, but if you look at their winter bracket, uh, there's 2,500 points for regionals that are acquirable and over 5,000 points for majors that you can, you can, uh, scoop up and sort of take with you to worlds here. It's, it's, I'm kind of curious why there's a change there. I think that's done because in a Swiss style tournament, you're going to be playing fewer people. Um, because it's more about getting maximum exposure of teams. So there's just like less games to be played. Um, and then I think we're going to see more points in the, uh, winter, um, and, uh, spring splits because now we're getting into like traditional double elimination brackets where you're playing a lot of bracket league. So I think it honestly probably has to do with just the sheer amount of games being played. I also think... I think it's similar to, I'm pretty sure last season they also had it where it was um, the points were going up every split. I think they want to do that as well, just to reward the teams that are performing better as we get closer to Worlds, to give them uh, an advantage that they deserve from their form. That's So we don't end up with a team that's peaked in the fall, but is still uh, at the top of the leaderboard because they farmed points in that split. So if they give a slight advantage to the later splits, then it's uh, a a better comparison or or seeding for how teams are really performing at the time. Totally agree. I think that's probably more so the answer. I think mine is likely a a bit of a convenience thing. Yeah, I think you're totally right, Ty. Yeah, I I agree with that too. I could see both sides of that as well, right? Like that, I I agree. Like the players who are showing that consistency, right, are they're they very much just deserve like the here's the freebie, bro. You've been you've been grinding the season, like you're up there, like let the, let the, let the lower guys kind of fight at it for a little while and see if somebody can't, uh, you know, come out on top and sort of push themselves a little closer to you, give you a little more competition. Like I, I respect it, but on the, on the other, uh, the other hand here, we're going to see, you know, all the whiners come out being like, Oh, powerful, stay powerful. It's like, well, I mean, it's not like you don't have the opportunity to get there though. Right. Like, especially with the exposure you're getting, like you, you have all the opportunity in the world. And with that kind of exposure, you, hell, you know, maybe an org will reach out to you and be like, Hey, like we're looking to scrim. Would you guys be interested? And that could be huge for you depending on who that is. Right. 
Like, more would... more money in these events too. So like more exposure, yeah. more money, yeah. more parody, more everything. More I, motive, I don't think there's know? really any room left to complain no matter who you are at yeah. this point. Yeah. I think it's going to fall on deaf ears if we hear anybody complain about any of that whatsoever. Like no one's going to care, man. Like, sorry, you didn't make it. Try again next season. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I think one issue we may run into is with the LAN events. Like some teams might not have the cash to be able to make it. Mm. Um, I hope Psionics is able to solve that. If there are teams that you know just completely break out, or orgless teams that are um, able to make it to Stockholm, for instance, mm -hmm. um, right. our first fall major. Like if if those teams aren't able to go from just kind of the general energy and vibe that I'm getting from psionics this year i would not be all that surprised to see them help out the little guy yet again and be like ah oh, we, we got you covered don't worry about it so it'll be interesting right. to see if that comes to be an issue at all but yeah i'm actually kind of curious i wonder how strict their uh their um their infrastructure is for accepting visitors from other countries what with uh you know covid still being a thing a couple years later unfortunately uh looks like up-to-date passports uh not okay wait so they won't need visas that's good not required for stays under 90 days and since they're only going to be there for a couple weeks it looks like there isn't going to be an issue there uh i know there's like a huge 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 backup and governments around the world processing uh, paperwork on that level it's uh, there's there's so so many things going on people getting stuck in in countries other than their own like not being able to get home like not having the money to stay there like it's kind of a you want you really want to make sure that you're taking care of your your players um when they're abroad for sure uh, i i couldn't agree more i hope i hope psionics has something in place or is transparent with the orgs as how they can you know, work something out to make sure that everybody's uh, safe, healthy, and is able to go and, and compete at that highest level. Let's see. So I think, aside from the changing in points in format, I mean, I'm kind of just hungry for it now, honestly. Uh, there's, <laughs> we, we were kind of, we were left in the dark for a little bit, um, then, in, you know, in true... Epic Games fashion, because they also own Fortnite. They pulled a Fortnite on us and went dark for a few days leading up to the generating <laughs> hype, because we all know how well that works. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm really curious to see the season kick off. Like, I, I really want to see the, you know, see them start up the machine and, and see the parts move and, and kind of how everything plays out. I, I just, I'm, I'm hungry for some, some pro level Rocket League, man. I, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of upsets this season. I think we're going to see the return of some monumental figures, um, and we're definitely going to see some some new top tier talent uh, really make a name for themselves here on this stage. Um, any particular favorite players that you guys really want to see do well this season? Ooh. Hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> As biased as you want. <laughs> as biased as I want. Yeah. Well, I'm a big, big G2 fan, so obviously I want to see them do good. Um, Me too! I'm also a very, very big Mist fan. I think mm. that kid is absolutely insane. Um, and I I want to see him do as good as possible. Um, and then when you look at sort of uh, players on the come up, I am 
very, very excited about this new X-Set roster with Percy. I think Percy is uh, a special player, man. I think that kid is going to be a future world champ. Um, and their team is looking very, very nice so far. So I'm really looking forward to see how they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at all the all the mainstays uh, for the most part. So I expect, you know, some mixture of NRG, SSG, and NV to uh, be, you know, two of the three of those teams being somewhere in the top three. Um, I definitely just love watching um, Garrett just continue to be amazing. So I can't wait to see how he decides he wants to blow our minds this year um just like he decides to do every year <laughs> i am really keen on seeing shopify rebellion make a name for themselves i feel like they keep just like just being there um and i would love to see if they can finally kind of break through uh what they've been able to achieve thus far um you know beast mode is just an incredible player uh, i think even though most people would rate him in their top 15 players in the region, I think he should probably be actually closer to like top seven players in the region. Um, and I hope that he proves me right. Um, yeah, didn't he hold uh, first place for all three big leaderboards at some point for the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, at least for NA this year. Yeah. Lion, Blaze, um, Lion Blaze actually had first. Um, That's what it was. Yeah. I, to be honest, I'm not sure what Ghost is going to be doing. I think a lot of people have good hopes for Ghost. I don't think Ghost is really going to do anything that special this year. Mm. Um, maybe maybe I'll be proved completely wrong by this. and um, I don't know. I, I think we'll, we'll see what they're able to do. But I think that they will kind of be in the same area as um, Pittsburgh Knights, um, Teams like potentially X said if they don't really perform, um, like what uh, Ty is hoping he'll do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, KCP, uh, maybe Charlotte Phoenix does a little something, but I kind of expect them to all be in like that same area, um, Alpine, where they're vying for those kind of last spots within, um, you know, s- spots seven through 10. But we will see who kind of fights their way out of that area. The the parity in, in those teams is just insane. Um, and then the last thing I'll say after this massive uh, diatribe that I'm on is <laughs> True Neutral remains just a massive wild card. I think they yeah. are going to be a team to watch. Um, do not underestimate this team, whether you are – a big team watching them beat up the little orgs or thinking that you're a little org that can sneak a quick one on them by doing enough research. Uh, They have played every level of opponent this year and have come out on top most of the time. Um, So do be careful with true neutral. Vibrance just pulled off an amazing reverse sweep on the uh, Alienware tournament against them. But I think even that will be a learning moment for them that makes them that much harder to take out. So um we'll see we'll see what true neutral does i think they're the biggest kind of wild card that's yeah, team to watch out for in the NA scene yeah yeah for sure i mean to your point yeah looking back here at their performance they have literally taken first in everything dating back to july of 2020 except for 
the Winter Sam Major and the Grand Series event in which they lost to Novus of Avi in the Major and Noble Esports in the in the Grand Series. But yeah. it but it wasn't by any means a blowout. They were both one match series that they were off by, right? Like that's this is a team that people really need to start putting their eyes on and being careful about because now that they're here and it's not like a like a disadvantage for them for the quality of player they're playing against, nothing against uh, South America, but now that they're here, they can scrim against this like super elite top tier talent that kind of keeps themselves at the top consistently. It's just it's just going to drive this team to get better and better and better and better over time throughout the season. I'm I'm actually also very curious to see where this team ends up by the end of the season. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think the one team we won't have to worry about is uh, United. Um, <laughs> yeah. Man. Not be what doing happened to them? much. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, United fans. Um, and I'm not sorry. Uh, other than saying that, like, I'm sorry that you're having to watch your team <laughs> Um, go through this right now so uh, we will see what happens with the united but to think that they were always in that top 10 conversation um or at least you know a couple of years ago were certainly in that top 10 situation and they've got a decal in the esports shop for a reason uh i am getting nervous and more and more nervous about them um I don't think this experiment is going to pay out for them. And to be totally honest, I kind of hope it doesn't. Yeah, yeah it's rough for United fans, man. They watch their team go from Worlds and all the way to Bonafide yeah. Bubble Team. Yep. Oh my yep. God. Yeah, so True. I don't know. I I think that uh, maybe just speaking on the United thing a little bit more, like I think that they – are trying something right now, which is kind of just like, what if we have a team that just has all really good vibes? Um, and I think that that could potentially work out because I'm pretty sure everybody on that team, including Rod Greg, like all four of them, Tristan, Savvy, Ajax, and Rod Greg are all good friends, mm. um, like just like legitimate friends. So maybe, maybe they are able to have some really good resilience uh, in this moment of them, you know, getting swept out of, tournaments that they're entering in in this preseason um maybe they have some resilience and learning from that but to me the savvy seal pickup uh just kind of screams nepotism um if you guys know what nepotism is like you know just like putting your friends and family in like high places uh yeah it's i don't know like i said i hope it doesn't work out for them only because i just want to see their fans who are some really pleasant people uh kind of get to see the people that or get to see the org that they signed up for (laughs) yeah i didn't even know t bates was a sub on that team yeah um more nepotism (laughs) he's good friends with ajax (laughs) seriously yeah just feeding into it like yeah that's a that's a pretty valid point man that's kind of crazy yeah, and and I should say like I don't I don't have any dislike for anybody on that team. I just think you've got a you've got a huge group group of friends who are getting org salaries. Like yeah, that's that's interesting to me, and I don't mean interesting in a curious way. I <laughs> mean it in a bit of a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. yeah, that's that's pretty valid, man. I, I I would agree. Like you just 
you can't you can't necessarily it's so weird man like you can't necessarily just how do I want to put it? It's like it's I like know, the, right? it's like the first time you ever move out, right? Like, of course, you always want to like room with your homies, your friends, and stuff. But that's actually not always the best move because that's like, a great analogy. You're, you're you're like generally you're friends with them, and like how like maybe you've even had extended stays with them, gone on vacation for a couple of weeks or something or whatever. But you realize like like you guys are friends, you share a lot of similar interests, and you genuinely care about each other. But like, but you you don't lead the same lives, right? You know what I mean? Like you. Like there's going to be a lot of things you guys do different. And I think that gets like kind of showcased more. I think to your point, like it, it might work, but it, it might fail because you're going to be around them all the time. And one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to see the sides of them that you dislike more often than not, which is going to tilt you, or you're going to become so complacent because you're so comfortable. Right. And I think so that's true. a, I think that's a huge detriment to, to uh, more so, like top tier bubble players than pro players, but some pro players as well is they get far too comfortable with where they are. I think what keeps the top at the top is they are hungry. Yep. Right. Like they're like, yeah, we did it. We won. We're the best. But as soon as the season's over and they enjoy their reprieve, they're immediately like, okay, it's time to be number one again. Like who do, who do we have to beat? Right. Like it's, it's not like, you know, Oh, we're fine. Like we're just, you know, we, we beat these teams. We really only have to watch out for these guys. Like, I don't think, any pro player is saying that right now with how many players are coming into the scene it is grind time right now yes um and to very much to your point i think i think this this nepotism we see here is is uh it could be their downfall and you really hate to see it uh, i love players like like tristan and ajax I, I love seeing them play i think there's a lot of talent there but it it, it could happen it yeah. could and it could very much be an overnight thing too we could see them do well you know uh leading up to a major and then just kind of uh pull an envy and just not show up you know uh i'm curious i'm (laughs) curious if you've got any spicy takes uh it can be about united or not or about somebody else but um i'm I'm curious if you've got any spicy takes spicy takes spicy extra that's a pretty spicy one and like i said i no no disrespect to the individual players at united this is a project with a lot to lose yeah 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 it's uh definitely a project um ah spicy takes Hmm. <clears throat> um, okay, I kind of, I don't know how spicy this is really, but if you look over in EU with um, Semper, the former top blokes, they dropped flame for Chassette. Um, I I think it's a horrible move. <laughs> I, I think Chassette is very, very bad right now. Um, I think Ashel was absolutely carrying him in Farah uh, all season. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. He just... He just seems he's very slow, which Flame kind of was too at the same time. But I think Flame's more creative on the offensive side. Um, and I think he was also more consistent in defense. And he has obviously better chemistry with uh, Archie and Cassius since they played together for so long. Mm. Um, I, I just think it's a, a pure downgrade. And I, I see a lot of hype for Chassette by a lot of people, but I feel like they're just holding on to his, his 2019 glory days where he was just 1v3ing everyone and mm-hmm. I I don't see his worth at all. Wow. Yeah, no, that that is a spicy take. It is pretty spicy, yeah, for real. I think I'm I, actually doing exactly what you said. Like I, I think like I've been kind of paying attention to him like 
from you know time and like every now and then but i think i'm kind of just he set like a bar that i'm expecting him to perform to Mm -hmm. but not watching him in all his games i I think you're right as somebody who pays closer attention to that i I think he has fallen a little bit and it's it's possible that uh your spicy take is actually 100 percent correct he he could uh he could not be the the upgrade they might have been hoping for yeah, I, I think his difference in play is going to be detrimental or in, maybe potentially incredibly helpful. One thing I will say is that even if he is a downgrade, the way that Archie is able to carry his teammates <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, maybe makes it not the biggest loss. But um, I would like to see Archie with a team that is generally agreed upon by you know the majority of even just casual watchers of the esport that people would be like oh like no that'll be a good situation for him mm-hmm. um just because he's been super skilled um i like the hot take a lot i think that's <laughs> i see um i will say that uh okay another another hot take coming in um what? who is the i'm trying to think of who the um team is i'm i've been scrolling through the been scrolling through the um, rosters but mm-hmm. i think that german migos fade away or even potentially carmine corp will be a flash in the pan where they're like they're really good at first um and then they like kind of fade away or fade away um <laughs> or they are not good at first and then suddenly just kind of like come out of nowhere um i think carmine corp could just be a really darn good team uh but i think german migos fade away um potentially even like flying dutchman those are all teams where it's like ooh, i, I don't know if your ceiling is going to be reached for very long um even though you guys have good rosters so I think you can kind of say that about um, SK SK Gaming as well. When oh, yeah. they showed up in the spring split, they um, Yukio Toxic Ixo they formed in the spring split, kind of like a leftovers almost. Um, and they oh, wow. reached a, a regional grand final and major top four. Like they were yep. doing very well. And I I don't know if that's sustainable for, for that team. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good one too. Oh, Monkeys is a good one to think about as well. Cash Matan and Arju. I think that team's actually going to be weirdly good. But yeah, yeah they have yeah, a good. EU I think that is, team has a good team composition. Yeah, same. EU's got so much parity coming forward. Like it'll be so interesting to see what happens in their regionals. Um, I've obviously like my team is in a NA, and I'm going to be watching more NA than EU. But I will be keeping a closer eye on the EU scene with this new format than I ever have before, just because I think the parity is all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be exciting. Mm. Interesting, interesting. For me, I don't know, man. I think uh, that's tough. Spicy, huh? I think. All right. This is this is a biased thing for sure because I know what people say, but I've kind of just sort of nodded my head at them and always had my own opinion. I think. I think we're we're gonna see Crow come back this season. <laughs> I see <laughs> nice. it coming. I do. I see it coming. I think I, I'm kind of tired of hearing. Oh, he's washed. He's washed, bro. Like he was. Li- like he taught y'all how to friggin' aerial. Calm down. Literally, calm down. It's okay to have some bad seasons, right? You can't be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, right? And 
at the same token, I'm, it, it for me, it looked as if his transition from org to org over the last couple of years and his career, he's sort of, he's been on a journey, like learning things about himself, his play style, where areas he can improve in, people he works well with, play styles he works well with and does not. Uh, I, I think, I think we're, he's about to upset a whole lot of people, man. A whole lot of people. Um, I know you're probably bringing this to light because I'm in here. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, honestly, he's always been one of my top. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm still a G2 fan was way, way, way back uh, after he won um, the first Worlds. And it wasn't even Worlds back then. Um, he uh, just the way he, JNAPS and Rizzo played, man, it just it captured my heart. It did. Uh, I'm going to be G2 fan for, for life, I think, unless that team dissolves. Um Chicago injuries coming in, stepping it up, really helping keep the the, uh, the team alive. Um, JNAP still being the only original member still standing. Um, yep. I'd like to I'd like to see him pop off this season too. I really would. I, I feel uh, he was he was getting a little nutty towards the end of last season, but it really wasn't season nine naps. You know, I was I was really hoping to see season nine naps come back this last season, but I think I think Chicago really stepped up and, and filled a really really big role but side tangent um <laughs> Ty, do you have any in. uh do you have any uh response to the crow comment because i i am willing to pop the lid on this a little bit for all of our listeners Ooh. um yeah uh so but i wanted to let you get your comments in first okay so kenobi um i <laughs> i don't think he's that good right now i'm sure he could get back to it with the right um sort of location i guess you could say because i think one thing about him over the last couple well his whole career honestly like he's been on he was on g2 for a a couple years right he was on rogue Mm -hmm. for a couple years by the end um Mm -hmm. and then sort of throughout the rest of of the season he was kind of bouncing around from team to team he played uh with zero issue continuum and then who were signed by kcp and now he's um subbing for your new roster i think right um so i think seeing him in uh, a stable location and a team that's not kind of getting shuffled around all the time um i think it'll be interesting and i think it could be the right position for him to sort of work on himself and and then grow with a team that's not going to implode <laughs> to say the least um i, I think yeah. it could be a good a good spot for him so so you're you're definitely like spot on um with kind of how we're hoping it will work too so uh, for those listening, and maybe this goes a little bit viral, but I'm glad we're tucking it at the end, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we will actually be running a full-fledged four-man roster at KCP this year. Um, and this will be kind of the first time in a while that the Rocket League scene has tried it. Um, but the idea is that it gives everybody um, the comfortability to know that like their position on the roster is safe and solidified and um you know pioneers the as the org has really committed to this uh working as well um but on top of that it gives them a little bit of intra-squad competition so very different from like what you're talking about with united like you're being pushed all the time even by those in your squad to see if you can you know be a part of those three that are starting um for that upcoming scrim that upcoming tournament um and the other side is that each of them um including Drolly. So Freshness, Mike, Drolly, Mectos, and Crow, they've, they've all got things that they specifically are incredibly talented at, um, while also the 
the gap from the first best in those five to the worst in those five, like just is so, so small in comparison to what other teams are able to achieve with their subs. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, um, Crow is going to have just as much a chance as, as anybody to crack our starting roster. Um, and also just knowing that like, he's there to learn and has humbled himself to be in that sub position where like, you know, it's a busy week or things are running well with the status quo. Like he's, he's ready to fill that sub role. And then also because the integration of the team and us having the squad roster set up, he's ready to fill in. Um, anytime that, you know, one of the other guys has something going on in their life, anytime that they're in a slump or figuring it out, um, he comes in and is ready to rock and roll. And then it's back to the drawing board in terms of which three we're going to put out each next week. So Kansas City Pioneers is going to look like, and we hope that Crow is going to be just as contributing to our successes as um, any of them. And we really believe that he will be. Um, and he's he's been an amazing um, person to have on the team in terms of just like being open about these things too. So it'll be a it'll be a really fun and interesting year for Kansas City Pioneers. So for our listeners, I would definitely say like keep tabs on us, um, and you will see Crow on there, um, especially for you know when he starts balling out, um, if he starts balling out again. So yeah. No, that's that's crazy. That's you guys heard that here first on the uh, ASAP Weekly yeah. Rocket League podcast. That's yep. a that's a world premiere shit right there. That's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, I have, I mean that's so good to hear. You know that puts a huge smile on my face, man. I think I think that's the right move. I like I haven't really spoken about this too much, but I kind of feel that that's where Rocket League needs to start going. I feel like uh, I feel like we need to sort of expand teams a little bit i think to your to, to your point earlier the, that we brought up several times throughout the podcast today burnout is a thing yep. um just because these guys aren't running around taking physical abuse and in the gym training every day doesn't mean that they aren't equally putting in just as much effort and and suffering just as much wear and tear uh mentally in a game that's wholly relying upon reaction and perception and um you know, like you were saying uh, in the previous podcast, your neuroplasticity, you're constantly, constantly, constantly challenging yourself mentally. Like it's, it's so hard to just put that on only three people. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I'm so, I am a huge, huge fan of everyone getting behind the, the mental um, importance in esports and, uh, and bringing in the support team to really help bring out and maximize the potential or help these top tier talent players, um, really come to realize their true potential uh i think for us as fans um that shows that the orgs care about their players and that they're here to stay and that on top of that we're gonna see some much better rocket league right like if they're eating right and their mental guy comes in (laughs) hypes them up uh helps you know keep them calm during the game like ty and i were saying it about when coaches were coming in last season like it's it's gonna be huge man like yeah we're really we're gonna see a whole different game now with like the ones players coming in, the support teams here, the change in the format, uh, the meta is shifting. Man, I'm really curious to see uh, what kind of uh, the plays and and uh, shots we're gonna see this season. But yeah, um, again, unless... another reason to look at Dignitas too. <laughs> I think they're gonna be exciting. So. Oh, a thousand percent, thousand percent. Forget the hundred, full thousand, man, full thousand. <laughs> I, I have I have faith in that team. I really do. 
I believe, I believe they're going to shake up the world and prove that it's a doable thing that you don't have to be a threes main to be a threes God. I, I think that's, that's, that's my, my hot take, but <laughs> uh, unless you guys have anything else, I think, uh, I think we can kind of wrap it up there. Um, and from all of us here at the ASAP weekly rocket league podcast, we are telling you your homework this week is going to be go out and challenge yourself. Go do something you've never done before. Put, remove yourself from your comfort zone and try something new so that you don't get stale and stagnant and you don't just sit there and not improve. Be a better you this week. Try something new. Challenge yourself. Try a new food. Try and talk about something to someone you haven't you know, brought up before. Try and read a new book or try and learn something new. Just go out and try something because <laughs> we're all stuck <laughs> in the house with COVID and getting lazy and stagnant. So, but uh we appreciate you all at home. Don't forget to send us your questions in on our Discord server and add us on Twitter. We're pretty responsive about it. And we will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.